Drones, missiles, airstrikes. The war continues on in Ukraine, and while many have forgotten, the Lord has not. And it turns out his people have not either. A new study shows us where Ukrainians are turning as they flee for safety. Thousands of Ukrainians fled their homes when the war broke out. The world watched and prayed, but as the war has drug on, these refugees have faded from memory. But a recent study tells us they haven't forgotten to pray. Just after the war broke out, something curious happened. Online usage of the Ukrainian Bible spiked in countries all over Europe. Wherever Ukrainian refugees fled, they took their Bible with them and continued to trust in the Lord. The most highlighted verse in Ukrainian, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Isaiah 41. The Lord's eye is on us. Christ is watching over us. And by faith in Christ, we all will prevail. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And all week, we're in a series called A New Year with Spurgeon. He's known as the Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He's blessed millions of lives with his faithful ministry. Even now, nearly 130 years after he passed, his life seemed to be a charmed life. But today we're going to think about the darkness that he faced. Back in his own day, in the 1800s, there was an event. It was a tragic event that started a bout of depression that he struggled with off and on until he died. And what I've really appreciated about Spurgeon is how open he was about his melancholy, as he called it, but also how open about his Savior, who helped him in his time of need. Stay with me as we think about the great tragedy of Spurgeon's life and how Christ walked with him through that trial. And we'll also hear another reading from Spurgeon's devotional called Morning and Evening. Jesus is the great teacher of lowliness of heart. Every day we need to learn about him. A brief excerpt from the June 3rd evening reading from Spurgeon's much-beloved morning and evening devotional. Later, we'll hear the entire reading by British actor Ted Staunton. And after the program, I want to send you the daily devotional called Morning and Evening by Charles Spurgeon. It's still the number one selling devotional book out there because of its ease to use and understand. One page for the morning, one page for the evening, And every short devotional is based on God's Word, which will help you know it better throughout the year. And we have it for you in a special edition with a gold stamp binding, easy-to-read typesetting, and I really like how they've gently adapted Spurgeon's language for those of us reading today. I'd like to share this with you after the program when you make a first-of-the-year gift to Haven Ministries. Just call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us on our website. You could make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And if you're still looking for the perfect wall calendar for 2023, ask about our All Living Things calendar that we still have for your gift. Brilliant pictures of animals, great and small. And each month, there is a scripture to remind you of your glorious creator. And now, let's open the program with a song written and first sung by Twyla Paris. But now, we're going to hear it by Shane and Shane. He is 
song I haven't heard for a while, originally by Twyla Paris. She lives in Arkansas. Still today, we've had her on the program many years ago. Shane and Shane opening with He is Exalted. And I'm Charles Morris saying welcome back to Haven Today. I'm so glad you've joined me. We're continuing our series, A New Year with Spurgeon. And I'm not sure how much you know about this Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, Some people may be able to recite his life story by heart, but I'm guessing that's not the case for most of us. Even though he's one of the most famous Baptists to ever live, many Christians today could not tell you much about him. They may know that he was called the Prince of Preachers, like I just said. They may remember that he was British and had a great ministry in London in the 1800s. Maybe they know that he taught the next generation of preachers to bring God's word to the English-speaking world, and he did this even though he never went to seminary, or 
a preacher's college, as it was often called back then. But if these are the only things you know about Spurgeon, you have a very incomplete picture. Have you ever seen one of those paint-by-numbers sheets? They can be very helpful for those of us without much natural artistic talent. But have you ever seen what happened to one of these when a young child paints it, especially a boy or girl too young to understand the directions? There's plenty of color, that's for sure. And the child is certainly proud of his or her work. But the picture is not quite right, is it? Something's missing that's supposed to be there. Well, when it comes to the story of Charles Spurgeon, the picture is not quite right unless we know about the great tragedy. In fact, that's what one of his biographers calls this episode, the tragedy. And I think that's pretty fitting. It was something that drove him into a deep, dark depression. Some people think it caused many of his health problems he experienced later in life, and it certainly never left his mind. I'm talking about the stampede at the Surrey Gardens Music Hall. Here with me is my friend from St. Louis, a pastor, Zach Heswine, talking with me about the tragedy. Charles Spurgeon, young pastor, he was uh, preaching to thousands of people. He was one of the first megachurch pastors, if you will, and someone in that uh, large auditor- auditorium yelled, fire, and people mm. thought there was a fire. And so those thousands of people stampeded out, and in the midst of the chaos and confusion of that, several people died and were injured. And uh, all that put together sent him into a... Uh, profound depression what what and what we would think of today as suicide watch he was on suicide mm. watch and his wife Susanna writes that uh, she didn't she didn't know if he would make it he he was um, tottering on the edge of sanity and he himself mm. as he reflects back on that time uh, says that uh, even the thought of the Bible uh, made him weep. And the fact that he was 22 years old, I I know he's been described as the prince of preachers. He was mighty in the pulpit. Thousands and thousands came to faith through his ministry, but he was only 22 years old. In a way, he wasn't even grown yet, was he, when this happened? No, that's right. If I remember rightly, he had two young children at the time and a young married, uh, young man married, and I think they had been married like 10 months before that, and... Uh, it was it was a, a profoundly dark day that stayed with him the rest of his life. But it just reminds us that a, a, a trauma that we can experience in our life is one source of depression. And when that trauma goes deep enough in this fallen world, uh, it, it takes a long time, even saturated with grace. It takes a long time sometimes to overcome. What a terrible Sunday that would have been. Can you imagine? Thousands of people gathered together to worship, the congregation buzzing as they filled the new giant building. At least it was new to them. The young preacher got up and began to lead the service. There was singing and prayer, all the things you'd expect in a church service. But then someone yelled out, fire, fire. Now, no one could see smoke or flames, but people panicked just the same. There was that crush of people and a stampede to get out. But then 
There were the people who were outside, listening and unable to fit in the building. They heard the commotion and rushed closer to the door to see what was going on. And just as the people inside were trying to get out, there were injuries all over the place. Some people even died. Seven people were killed in the chaos. Twenty-eight were taken to hospital, as they put it in England. And all the while, Spurgeon watched. At first, he was unsure of what was happening. But soon he came to the realization that there was a mass panic. 10,000 people had filled that rented hall in London, and there was nothing he could do when they began to panic. Eyewitnesses reported seeing him sitting in a chair behind the pulpit, his head in his hands. And looking back on that tragic day, Spurgeon reflected, I refused to be comforted. Tears were my meat by day, and dreams my terror by night. I was in a strange land, and a stranger in it. My Bible, once my daily food, was but a hand to lift the floodgates of my woe. Prayer yielded no balm to me. My thoughts, which had been to me a cup of delights, were like pieces of broken glass, the piercing and cutting miseries of my pilgrimage." Well, the young prince of preachers would be changed forever by what happened that day. He went into a state of depression, and his young wife, Susanna, was quite worried about him, as she should have been. Can you imagine the responsibility he felt? It certainly was not his fault, but all those thousands of people had come to hear him preach, and now seven of them were dead. Some people wondered if he'd ever be able to preach again. But one day, about a week later, the Holy Spirit suddenly comforted him. He was walking in a garden with his Susie. And suddenly, Philippians 2 flashed into his mind. God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And as he pondered those words, suddenly it came to him, If Christ be exalted, let him do as he pleases with me. My one prayer shall be that I may die to self and live wholly for him and for his honor. Dear wife, how foolish I have been. What does it matter what becomes of me if the Lord shall but be glorified? Well, he looked back later in life and saw this as the moment when he began to function again. That terrible tragedy never left him, of course, at least not completely. But he took comfort in his Savior, Jesus, the suffering Savior, the one who humbled himself, the one he served. And this is what he said in morning and evening about that passage that helped him so very much. Philippians 2.8. I want you to listen to it. It's read to us by the actor who's originally from England but now lives in Vancouver, British Columbia. Here's Ted Staunton. Jesus is the great teacher of loneliness of heart. Every day we need to learn about him. See the master taking a towel and washing his disciples' feet. Follower of Christ, won't you humble yourself? See him as the servant of servants, and surely you can't be proud. 
Isn't this sentence, he humbled himself, the compendium of his biography? While on earth, wasn't he always stripping off first one robe of honor and then another, until naked he was fastened to the cross? And didn't he empty out his inmost self there, pouring out his lifeblood, giving up for all of us, until they laid him penniless in a borrowed grave? How low our dear Redeemer was brought! Therefore, how can we be proud? Stand at the foot of the cross, and count the purple drops by which you have been cleansed. See the crown of thorns, Mark his scourged shoulders, still gushing within crimson drills. See hands and feet given up to the rough iron, and his whole self to mockery and scorn. See the bitterness and the pangs and the throes of inward grief, showing themselves in his outward frame. Hear the thrilling shriek, My God! My God, why have you forsaken me? And if you don't lie prostrate on the ground before that cross, you have never seen it. If you are not humbled in the presence of Jesus, you don't know him. You were so lost that nothing could save you but the sacrifice of God's only begotten. Think of that. And as Jesus lowered himself for you, bow yourself in lowliness at his feet. A sense of Christ's amazing love to us has a greater tendency to humble us than even the conscious awareness of our own guilt. May the Lord bring us in contemplation to Calvary. Then our position will no longer be that of a person filled with pompous pride. Rather, we shall take the humble place of one who loves greatly, because much has been forgiven him. Pride cannot live beneath the cross. Let's sit there and learn our lesson, and then rise and put it into practice. A reading for June 3rd in Morning and Evening, written by Charles Spurgeon and read for us today by my Christian brother Ted Staunton. This is the Jesus Spurgeon preached. And although the prince of preachers suffered terribly, God still used him. The gospel still went out. Spurgeon's sermons were a hot commodity. Part of his time every week was spent editing manuscripts of what he preached so that his sermons could be printed a few days after they were preached and they were sold for a penny all across the UK. Many even found their way to the US and Canada. Spurgeon was a man who experienced grief. He knew what it meant to live in a fallen world. But just listen to these words he wrote with his own hand. When storms of sorrow toss my soul, when waves of care around me roll, when comforts sink, when joys shall flee, when hopeless gulfs shall gape for me, one word the tempest's rage shall quell. That word, thy name, Emmanuel. We suffer too, don't we? And you and I can't be certain what this new year is going to bring us. But we can know that the same God who sustained Charles Spurgeon is still in this business of sustaining us. If we're in Christ, and we do have the same Savior 
if you're born again. Whatever happens, wherever you find yourself, this year, 2023, may Jesus Christ be glorified. When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path. For my love is often cold, he must hold me fast. the Gettys there with He Will Hold Me Fast on a Haven Today, a new year with Spurgeon. I'm Charles Morris. Morning and Evening was written more than 150 years ago by the Prince of Preachers. 
It is, as I have said, the most popular daily devotional in print today in a single volume. Well, all these years later, these devotions by Spurgeon continue to encourage Christians with a message of God's grace and love. He wrote each meditation on a single verse of Scripture, one for the morning, one for the evening. Each one will inspire and encourage you to rely on God more every day of this new year. And one other thing, the volume that we have for you as a gold stamp binding, easy to read typesetting, and the language has been gently adapted using Spurgeon's words for readers in the 21st century. So here at the beginning of 2023, this is the perfect time to take up the challenge and focus more on God's Word. Why don't you call us right now? And for your gift to the ministry, we'll send you a copy of Morning and Evening. Our number is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online to our website and make your gift there at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And before we have to go, let me remind you what's held by a magnet on my refrigerator. It's something I want to share with you, all living things. It's our 2023 calendar from Haven Ministries. Pictures of animals, both great and small. Yes, we have a cat one month, a dog and another, and even better, monthly scripture that will remind you of God's daily presence in your life. Ask about it when you call or read more when you visit haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when on Friday, again together, we'll share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If there's one thing that's true of our God, it's that He is a speaking God. Creation came forth with a word. Stars put in their places, animals according to their kinds. Even Lazarus, a dead man, was summoned out of the grave with a simple word, come out. Whoever has ears to hear, let him listen to what Jesus has to say. Time and again, we hear this invitation of Christ as we read through the Gospels. There's one word that can pierce even the hardest eardrum, blessed. Blessed are you, Jesus says in Matthew 5, if you are poor in spirit, can you hear it? Weakened, downtrodden, blessed, lavished with love, and adopted by our Heavenly Father. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.